Well, this is a either part one or a follow-up to the other podcast we did. And uh, I don't think we've been that clear about what we're talking about when we talk about ego or when we talk about the spirit or spirituality or even these these monsters, these demons that we speak about. But the, 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 the central idea, at least if we look at what the Egyptians were talking about, like spiritual concerns, the life before you were a human and the life after you're a human, the soul, the migration of souls through the galaxy and the, the fighting monsters and preparation for all this. Native Americans also had this idea. Uh, Juwanza even talks about this, that this moment as a human is just a brief moment um, where all of these things came together to have your life. And it's funny and it's ironic and it will pass and you'll become something else. And even now, perhaps you're growing a cancer. He talks about a guy who grew a cancer on his, uh, on his ass and was looking at his ass saying, oh, isn't this funny? Look at, look at this transformation I'm undergoing right now. And um, yeah, there's life and there's death and there's things before and things after. And it's all, it's all just there. And this sense of something more timeless and bigger than you as an individual um, is the start of what I would say is spirituality. Wouldn't you say something like that? That there's something, when we talk about the psychedelics and the connectedness that happens and where you feel like your life is, is not really yours, you're a part of something big and you're, you're involved. Um, isn't that what we mean by spirituality? Um, I don't know. I consider spirituality something completely different uh, as what I think nowadays, for example. So, you know, I'm talking about psychedelics, ayahuasca for, for nine years and eight years. When was my incident with the lost soul uh, thing? Um, and, yeah, you know, I, 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 met, I met people um, uh, that, took, that took mushrooms, for example, and uh, or even ayahuasca in Colombia met, uh, on on three different occasions. I think uh, I met people that wanted that invited me to uh, take ayahuasca too, but I was just too conservative to take it. But all of their stories fascinated me. You know, they they said things like, "Yeah, uh, you feel so connected to everything, and you're a part of something bigger." Um, and I think even in older podcasts, I I I, I did not know what they meant. Um, but I considered it as something being <clears throat> being or feeling part of nature and because nature for me was always something uh, beautiful but I wouldn't even say it was something it was definitely not something godly or divine because I was a completely unreligious person so for me spirituality now is a, is a very different thing uh, because n now the, the 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 idea of spirituality is, has a very strong uh, religious flavor um, or aspect. Um, yeah, it, it, but yeah, I would say that it's 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 religious, but it's also not religious. The religious aspect seems to get too caught up in the Christian God. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm and not the, talking the about Greek, this, but, the but Greek conception. Example, but, but for example, I wanted to uh, be part of nature, but I considered nature as something that is based on coincidence and i don't believe that nature is based or it was created because of a coincidence anymore i don't believe this at all anymore i think there is a bigger bigger plan behind all of this this is the sacred geometry you're talking about 
not necessarily, but this is or yes and no. This is one proof or one one piece of evidence that gives you hints uh, that this cannot be coincidence. Well, but then then what is the implication of that? That there's a divine creator? Exactly. What are, what are you trying to say? Yeah, or, oh. or, or okay. not a not a creator uh, per se, but or maybe a, a divine force that. Uh, uh, built and created all this and uh, may, maybe we're here for for a, a reason um, so maybe it's it's not just uh, a funny thing to do here on this planet uh, just have a life and uh, laugh about cancer on your butt or whatever maybe we maybe we have the, the possibility actually to prepare for something much much bigger and maybe yeah and and you know even if it's not the case um, we, maybe we should still do it because maybe it, it gives us a fulfillment in our uh, in our lives and and it definitely would make us less destructive as as a species if if we have something uh, that is spirituality even it, it, even if it's only based on evidences or, and even these evidences uh, one day will be proven to be wrong uh, but nonetheless it's much better than what we are doing now uh, uh, destroying nature for material goods. Well, right. There's the whole question of um, you and I both agree that there's there's badness and there's destructiveness, and this is this is no good, and this should be changed. Um, the whole system encourages all of this behavior, but we are implying, like you're saying, that there is a good way to live, there's a nobler way to live, there's a more moral way to live. But in in saying all that, we're not. I don't think either of us are trying to say that there's a, a rule book for living. There's not a Ten Commandments, but if we were to live in a more natural, connected way, as as I would say, probably a more spiritual way, where we're communicating not only with other humans but the earth itself and the other creatures, if we're glorifying in the beauty of just life and 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 not thinking about our own personal uh, satisfaction, but generous with our, with ourselves and with our abundances. Uh, with other people and taking um, the enjoyment of giving even when you don't have much at all uh, which is a wonderful time to give when you when you when you have that feeling you better the world you change the world you make it a better place and there's there's something to be said you feel good you feel better than giving than you do taking you know whether it is you give of your time or you do something for someone um, even when I was talking about the spiritual battles I have at the back of trailers, you know, correcting somebody's work and doing it right so something doesn't fall over and they, they would get in trouble for not doing their job right, and I fix it. And they get away with doing being lazy, so I suppose I support them continuing to be lazy. But at the same time, I've, I've, I've done something. It's, a, it's an extension of my generosity, and maybe the customer gets his product undamaged. But um, I feel good to do it. I feel good to to do something uh, right into a high level, uh, to levels that I can achieve uh, relative to my abilities. And there was never... That is, that's its own morality. That's spiritual, you know? And there was never an occasion where you thought, oh, okay, uh, this was actually a, a good lesson for them, so they learned something out of, out of your help? Was it never appreciated by them in, in a way no. that they maybe used to change themselves? No. I, I was thinking about these, you know, we talked about earlier, these spiritual battles that I have in the trailers. These, these, are, these are very, these are personal battles. Um, this week in particular, I had an incident uh, which led me to think about uh, 
the spirituality in regards to other people. Um, it's one thing to to focus on yourself, your your form when you do pull-ups and push-ups and when you try and write well and, and you, you, you're, you're not lazy and you get your work done and you do it to a high level. And it's, you know, the level of the company is a, is a median level. It's an average level. That's just what they expect of you. But if you decide to really do it at a top level that you've established for yourself, that's a spiritual decision. You're doing something to, to strengthen yourself in your own spirit. You've made a choice for yourself. You're no longer a company employee. You're pursuing your own objectives at that point. And that's what I'm doing. But there's also another level, which is how you deal with other people. And there are spiritual encounters all the time with others. You, know, you and I were talking about how people are, seem to be filled with demons. They're, 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 there's nastinesses. There's, there's, there's great evil all around you if you look and you can see it. If your eyes are open to it and you don't accept it as normal. Um, people looking for minor advantages and pursuing the objectives of their egos and their sicknesses and their depravity. I mean, it's all there. It's just nasty. And the question is, how do you deal with those people? And um, at first, my, my first response in the past was always to say something in response and be angry or to, to threaten or to challenge or even maybe to get into a fight. Um, but this is, this is allowing into me the same demons that, uh, that are taking over them. I mean, this is, this is losing the spiritual battle. Um, and this week in particular, I had it, this, this, uh, this guy who drives a forklift over there, uh, he's a little nasty fellow. He's a, he's a young guy, but he's, he's scowling. He says nasty things to people. Anyway, I, I, I used my forklift to move a couple of his pallets and he came over and he's, he starts cursing. What did you move pallets? Da, 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 da. And I thought he was joking. I started kind of laughing. And then he, this guy will never really confront you though. He's just a little guy. And so he, he drives away, and then he says something. I didn't really even catch it, uh, something quite insulting under his breath. But they, guys like him, they say something as they're always driving away. or you know, they, never, they never come to you directly and say it. And I was thinking, ah, you know, maybe I should just grab this guy and just, just bounce his head off the concrete a few times. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could do that. I could do that to him. You know? But then I thought to myself, I thought to myself, wow, wait, 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 wait. wait. Here, here's, a possi- here's a potential for... Sp- um, this is a spiritual issue right here. And I'm the one at fault for thinking such a thought. I need to deal with this in a whole other way. And in fact, I ran into him again and I discovered something even better. I, f- I found out, and I knew this before and I'd forgotten it, but you can disarm these people. You can, you can destroy these demons that possess them with humor and a smile. You really can. The demons are humorless. The demons don't know what to do when you smile at them, when you don't take them seriously. And so you, and so later I ran into him and I made a joke and, and things changed very quickly then. And so all of the bad humor of before, the evil, uh, dissipated. I mean, he's still got the demon, right? That thing can come out at any time. But, um, you know, like bad gut bacteria, I, 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 I dealt with it. I, I inoculated it for, for at least a moment. And uh, it'll come back, obviously. But, but humor is really, I mean, it's like when you're in a bad mood, that bad mood is like a demon, let's say. Maybe it is a demon. But if you just start smiling, you can transform your mood. You also transform people around you. You start smiling when you go out in public. You, you cause people to smile back at you. Yeah, exactly. People are drawn but the, to you. But the, this, this is my, my question. Do you think this guy changed a little bit because how you dealt with the, with, uh, 
his demonic forces? Do you think next time I don't know. Uh, he w- he will just be nice and polite and uh, because maybe maybe he started I to don't think okay uh, you know we actually had this uh, ar- argument uh, and he was just nice and made a joke and uh, whatsoever so maybe he's he's a good guy anyway so I I don't come up to him and uh, curse at him. I don't know. I think he'll probably do it again. Um, he's he's a, he's a he's a sinister he's a sinister fellow. He's he's not good. He's not good. He's not a good person. But for the moment, I disarmed him. The humor broke through. Now that's it. I mean, is a humor going to break through to a serial killer who's coming to kill you? Probably not. But it, it can break through to some of these lesser creatures. And I I don't I think probably someone like him. He's the kind of guy who, who pushes these things to the limit, right? But, he, I mean, look, I train. I, I work out. I'm a strong guy. If I grabbed him, I, I, I mean, I think he thinks probably that he's safe because I don't want to lose my job, which I don't. And I, and I, I don't know. He thinks he has some sort of safety. But um, I could just destroy him quickly. I mean, it would, it would just be a matter of bang, bang, bang. And... Uh, but, you know, that's, that's demonic. That, that would be allowing those demons into me. And uh, I, so, the, so, yeah, I, 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 what, what, what is better, him to fear me or him to, him to just um, to no longer feel hostility? I think no longer feel hostility is probably the better, the better way. I think that lessens the, the impact of, his, uh, of the monsters that dwell in him. Um, but has he changed? I, I don't think so. I don't know. You know, I I think on the podcast we were talking about this, uh, the the working class podcast. Uh, I had this uh, female colleague, and and she is a. I mean, I I was not supposed to use these words, but she's not a good person. Uh, but I I I told my friend the same. Uh, you know, I think I have to deal with her in a in a way that uh, is is probably very unusual. I just. Uh, whenever she says something negative about me, my work, uh, whatever I did, uh, you know, I make I make mistakes. It's totally uh, understandable that that she gets angry. Uh, but she's yeah, she's uh, talking behind somebody's somebody's back and things like this. But I, I still can hear it. Or maybe she even wants that somebody can, still can hear it a little bit. Uh, very strange. Uh, but yes, this is what this this guy also does. Yeah, they'll they'll talk they'll talk within your hearing distance, yeah. but not about you. And I, <laughs> it's a very odd behavior. <laughs> but oh my! But you know, I, I mean, I'm at this uh, job now for eight nine months, um, and uh, I just uh, responded with uh, even more politeness and friendliness. And now uh, she's laughing about my mistakes. You know, um, I. I I, I still know she she is a, a person that is uh, f- full of these uh, uh, demons. You can hear people. I mean, I'm totally the same. I I observe myself too. My demons inside. You know, complaining, for example, is a big indicator yeah. that that you're full of demons. Uh, when you talk, yeah. when you say, "Oh, the, the the weather is bad again," and oh, the, oh, yeah. the the corona the coronavirus is uh, is uh, the numbers are growing and uh, the politicians are bad and uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, of course they are bad, but these you, are you, demons. Yeah, Those but, demons are active. Yeah, <laughs> the monsters. But but you you should not take it emotionally. All of these things are just okay. It, it doesn't really matter anyway. Um, but yeah, I I could transform her a little bit, and and I think she started to. 
to like me or at least respect me because uh, she knew that I heard things what she said uh, but I I just uh, responded her in a, in a way that probably she was not used used to at all well there might be there might be in some instances the person who's acting like that um, for, there's an initial response is that they're shocked that you would respond that way and then I think with some of these American guys they they might think oh because the guy is not attacking me or doing anything to me, then he's, uh, he's weak or he, he, he's, he thinks that. But if they could come to the realization that they're being treated politely or the person is smiling with them from a position of strength, um, that, is a, that could be the realization that they need to really subdue their own demon. Um, but... I don't think you get rid of these demons. I think, I think, in fact, many of these people are born with these monsters. Many no, of I don't grow think up so. in tr troubled, troubled homes. I, I, I do think they're born. I think they're born in trauma. They're born out of the trauma of, of their parents. And, you know, many of them, I would, I would bet they don't have parents that are together. They, 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 they've, they've had something happen to them, which, which gave an opening for these, these dark forces to enter them. And... Um, I, what's what's interesting is that these 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 activities and these ways of approaching other people in the world are so common, and uh, they're so widespread. Uh, so many people are damaged. So many people are open to the the, the demonry and the the monsters, uh, and are inhabited. It's just, it's the same as all of the bad gut bacteria that come from from bad foods and processed sugars that drive people's moods up and down and make them fat. People, people have the, they, they wear these things physically, you know. We, we talked about in another podcast, the Inuit could draw, those, draw these monsters. They could draw these demons. They knew what they looked like. I look at these people and I see them. I see these monsters. These monsters are, are, are creatures and they're inside these people. You can see them if you look carefully. You can imagine these hairy, hunched back, <laughs> uh, scowling, uh, long fingernails dragging across the ground, howling. A yelping, you can, I mean, all of that, that's there. I mean, this, and, and I, getting back to what we we're talking about, I think this is what the spiritual world is all about. When you realize that things inhabit people, forces, and there are good ones as well as bad ones. Unfortunately, we both live in cities where they're filled with these bad forces. Cities are places of darkness. But um, every time you walk through the city smiling, you bring lightness, you bring levity. Uh, you, you subdue these monsters, many of them, not all of them, but many of them. Which, which leads me to some other observation. You know, the Bible's full of all kinds of stuff about you know, the moral life and even about demons, monsters. It has all these things in it. But there's not, is there any smiling in the Bible? Are there any jokes in the Bible? There, there isn't any laughter, right? I don't it's know. a serious book. It's such yeah. a serious book, you know? Is there ever a part of the Bible where someone just reads a, reads a parable and goes, oh my God, that was so funny. Jesus <laughs> told a joke. No, Jesus was a serious dude. He, he just didn't, he was not a jokester. I mean, just a carpenter and then he was getting ready to die. I mean, he, along the way, there was never a joke. I just think that the humor is very, very important, you know, and... Uh, I, I, I think that it's like what you're saying. I think it's very effective. Politeness is very effective. Yeah, definitely. But I, I want to come back. Why do you think that uh, 
uh, there are people that are born uh, with demons. I don't think that at all. I think you're much more, you know, an adopted person, an adopted child will definitely much more be the product of of the the parents that adopted this child than the parents that made this child. Um, Well, I think this is the whole question of nature and nurture. You know, there's the whole thing where people say, are you born... Are you born determined by your genetics or are you born blank and you can make yourself... I think, um, I think people are born blank. I think we are, are born pure and uh, completely innocent and with full of potential. Even, even with parents that are like the most, the most uh, evil people you can imagine. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that. I think that um, the... the uh, the sins and transgressions of of people they carry down throughout the generations it would take many generations to correct something and that nothing is born blank like even even you look at the genes um the genes are turned on and off and they're turned on and off by environment mostly um they could be turned on and off by experiences they could be turned on and off for any anything but the genes of your parents being turned on in certain ways, you inherit, the, you inherit those turned on genes in the formations that they come in. Uh, so um, I don't think you're born blank at all. I don't, I don't think the blankness is ever possible. You, you, you're, you're born into something. You, you're, you're, you're thrust into it. Uh, one, of your, one of your Germans, Heidegger, talks about life as being a throne, thrownness. You're thrown into life. Like there's already a river that's a current that's rushing and you're tossed into it. And you, you, it takes you so long to even figure out that you're in the river and, where, and you don't even know where you're going. And you just spend your lifetime trying to figure it out to navigate. Um, but it's already an ongoing thing that you've been thrust into. I mean, I don't see any other way to look at it. Even cultural things. This culture was, you know, things were happening before we were alive and they'll happen after and... Uh, you know, there's never a blank. We, we don't have any evidence of any blanks. You know, even the, you know, you take a child and you, you were, if you were to take a human baby and just lock it into a, a room, it would just die because it, it wasn't being touched. Um, that would perhaps would be the blank. You, the blank is just death. You would have nothing. You would you would just be turned off environmentally and die. I don't know. Yeah, but, but because you, because you don't uh, treat a, a child like this, but you you take care of it. This is this is where its growing starts, or his or her growing starts, and this and this can lead to spiritual growth. And this is what unfortunately doesn't happen nowadays anymore, in my opinion. Because if you have uh, non-spiritual uh, parents, then you cannot become a spiritual person yourself normally, unless you discover it by yourself somehow. Well, I mean, I mean, even the people who are not spiritual are filled with demons. I mean, there's always spiritual going on, whether you, I think if you, you choose to recognize it, but, but getting back to the whole idea of spiritual, um, like, and what we mean by it, I, I think there's an important idea when we say these demons who are possessing people are not the people. Like, that's, that's, that's one thing I want to make clear. With this guy, like, at work, he says these things. I don't attribute those things that he's saying to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I think this is a force that has gotten into him. It's like when you hear about someone who, in a who in a crime of passion, murders their girlfriend for cheating on them, 
And then they interview this guy like 10 years later, he's in prison for life or he's on death row. And he seems like this really intelligent, sensible guy. And he says, you know, I'm really sorry. And I I, I was, I I lost my mind. Um, When he lost his mind, that was not him. That was a possession. That was a demon that he had allowed to to take over and take control of him. And I, I, I was comparing it earlier when we were talking one time to to like um, gut, gut bacteria and inflammation. Like you eat, you eat terrible foods and so you grow a cancer. You inflame your systems and you grow cancers. It's the same thing with behaviors and being in bad environments and watching um, bad, you know, in, in taking in bad cultural things that encourage violence or encourage certain behavior and emotional life. Those are demons that you've allowed to enter, just like you eating processed sugars. And it's gonna cause you eventually at some point to break down either socially and how you react and you might kill someone or if you're eating badly, you'll break down physically. And so I began to see the ego as being like a stomach. <laughs> I think it's like a stomach. I feel like it's the stomach of the spirit and it can be inhabited by, by productive, positive things that um, will keep you alive in grave instances, will, will cause you to be courageous. You know, when the, when the car is on top of your, your son and you run over and you're able to lift a, 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 a three-ton car to, to free him, um, that's the courage, and um, that can be there, that inner strength. But it can also be a, a dark force, dark forces inhabiting you in this, this stomach of the spirit, this ego. And you could just want to you know, become a master of the world and take everyone's money like, uh, like Jeff Bezos, you know, or you want to put brain chi- brain chi- uh, chips in people's brains, allegedly, like uh, the Bill Gates character. You know, these, 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 these big people, or, or you want to kill people, or you want to just be nasty to someone at work. That's, um, that's because you've put a lot of bad things to enter your ego, dark forces, just like eating badly. That's what I was thinking. I don't know what you think about those thoughts. Yeah, yeah I mean, I observed it on a much, much smaller scale. Uh, you know, when, when I compare my experiences uh, traveling to third world countries, um, 13 years ago to uh, just uh, two years ago, one year ago, uh, I could see that the the people are there, uh, that the people there are changing, and it actually could be easily described without the the demons are already entering uh, uh, these bodies or these minds as well in in these people. Um, yeah, de- demons can have all forms of uh, of appearances. Uh, even well, the thing is though, the thing is though, is that the, what's happening in these places is they're accepting the form of life, which is the Western form of life. They're accepting the technologies. Um, these are technologies of demonic forces. Yeah, and the whole form of life is based on this rampant um, terror, terrorizing ego thing, where you want to just get the most money and get the most fame, and you, you say it's me, me, me. Um, there's no generosity, the people aren't smiling, there's no humor, there's no levity, they, they fear death, they want to live forever, they want to be young. I mean, it's just, these, these are, this is a demonic force, and um, it's been unleashed by capitalism and technology, and certainly science is a part of it too. And even, I would say, reason, reason, um, rationality, and the enlightenment, they, they're, they're the foundational uh, philosophical movements for this um, this darkness of ego which exists at this time. But what do you think? How is it possible to actually discover that there is something wrong? I mean, I always 
like or you know when you when you told me the first time that that you were standing in front of the mirror i think you put it in the preface of uh of the home depot book um i think this was a very important moment for you because this is uh now you you could say this was the moment uh in which you uh discovered or found out or noticed uh oh i'm i'm uh, fully possessed by uh, demonic forces as well but what what caused yeah. what caused this uh, revelation to you blood lots of blood <laughs> blood <laughs> i don't know when you when you um you know it's very hard to realize how ill you are that's one of the things about these illnesses yeah, they're not sudden yeah most people take this for granted how how the world is and it's completely yeah it, it's it's just a dark a dark age this is uh, the best way to describe well look it. at how fat people are getting look how fat people are getting they, they they think it's totally normal now it's been normalized if everyone is looking a certain way and doing a certain thing it's become very normal and uh it's just getting worse and worse and worse in terms of the dishealth and now it's gotten to the point where people are even saying that um you know there's prejudice against fat uh the skinny people are i mean it's it's just there's a madness going on and um yeah but no but even even in even terms of being skinny or or being uh, uh, ni uh nicely in shape and things like this also these are most of the times i would say uh the results of the, the demons that were entering these people because uh, well, i mean you, you were, if, if somebody if somebody wants to look good and and uh, have sex with as many people as possible this is already a very a very strong demon um that uh yeah. that possessed this person well i think i think you're right about that but that's that's one of the one of the things i used to think was that if you you saw um, um a very fit person you could trust them because fit people had needed to work out a lot and have great discipline to be able to achieve those physical gains so you look at someone's body and you'd say All right, that's a guy who is going to be trustworthy. No, I don't agree and at all. I I don't I no longer think that because now you can cheat. You can cheat a lot with um drugs and surgeries. It's not necessarily the case. And like also as you say, some people are perhaps driven by demons to try and look that way for social advantages. Yeah, most, so they're not trustworthy most. in any way. Yeah, most. And this, I think most? Yeah, I think so. I think if you go to a proper gym or to a normal to an average gym, uh The, the main intention why these people do this is not a good one. Older people, you know, that do it for, for back problem reasons, that's totally fine. Uh, but being physical, physically in shape um, should, in my opinion, uh, uh, be the result of physical work, not workout. Don't go to a gym and lift some artificial weights uh, and don't do work while doing this, but do something uh, that actually... Uh, serves uh, s uh, serves um, uh, a goal. It's productive. It's productive. Yeah, productive. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I agree with you. I do agree with you. I mean, the workouts that I do are calisthenics, so they're body weight. Yeah. Um, I'm doing push-ups. I'm doing push-ups and pull-ups. I think there's a purity to that because these are functional yeah. exercises. Uh, I don't lift. I don't. I don't really lift weights. I don't do any of that. And and. Um, so the the end result though is that the body of a guy who does calisthenics is very different from a body of a guy who does these uh, very isolated weight training where he works on a particular muscle and you know most of those guys who do stuff like that they get big but those are not functional they don't have functional movement for those muscles and those their, their body types they're they're just they're just beautiful physiques 
they're for you know for contests and getting girls or mm -hmm. getting guys whatever they do it for so uh but yeah i think you're right i think a lot of guys do look like that yeah and the the muscular nature of the guys today is is very artificial i i think it's even it's not even just weight training they're they're taking steroids it's widespread very widespread yeah but even but even can, if you don't do this i mean you can be you can be a vegan or a vegetarian for the wrong reasons to be honest Yes, yeah. I think so you're saying that everything, the demons, everything the demons can be, possess people. Everything can be done uh, with uh, uh, demonic intentions, and everything can be done with uh, pure intentions. This is what what I try to say, and you you should try to figure out yourself. I mean, most people that don't even uh, asking themselves the question: Is this something that has a, a, a an ego goal uh, intention or whatever? Well, right, because this is this is because they're not living a spiritual life. They're not aware of these spiritual questions yeah. that should be asked. But, that should be asked about everything you do, everyone yeah. you meet, everything you do. Then every day, you know what every day becomes? It becomes this incredible spiritual journey that you walk around going, "Oh my God, there's demons! Oh my God, there's a good, there's a helping spirit over there!" Oh. Oh, this just happened. Oh, I'm feeling that something. Oh, there's a presence. No, but the Ooh. more, the more, the more, I mean, the more interesting is actually the the, the part uh, that uh, or how how you actually live. Every decision you make. I mean, it is very difficult to always. Oh, and it is impossible to make uh, the right decisions all the time um, because we are so used to to live in in comfort and we don't get out of this comfort zone. Uh, we are used to, uh, we are conditioned uh, to live uh, this way and we have access to this type of food and, you know, all of these things. So it was actually uh, for uh, a hunter-gatherer, it was impossible not to live um, with spiritual pure intentions. They just did it naturally because they, they did not even have a, a, another chance. Of course, they could, they could have... Uh, some uh, flaws uh, in terms of their uh, personality or, or mentality or uh, character, um, which is quite unlike, unlikely, I think, because I think uh, a flawed personality is also a result of a, uh, a society that is already uh, intoxicated by, uh, by unspirituality or by despirituality. They did, they did have problems, though, with some people. And some people would get kicked out. Yeah, I mean, it, there were there were there were nasty things that happened even among tribal people. You know? Yeah. Uh, but living living these yeah. modern lives, it because with everything you do, um, you you basically betray yourself. Um, simple things, uh, riding uh, driving the car to the supermarket. The supermarket itself is already a betrayal to yourself. You should not do. You should not get your food wrapped in, in plastic that somebody else killed or, or processed and, and uh, wrapped in, in some plastic stuff. And you should not go there by car. Um, just, you have a body, so get out and uh, be responsible for your own food. This is what I say. So you, you don't even have the choice anymore. You, can, you cannot make the right decisions uh, to, to uh, write spiritual and pure uh, decisions uh, nowadays. This no. is this is the very no. difficult thing about modern life. You just you, you just to, just to go about your daily business. You have to support the destruction of so many things. Yeah, enslavement, destruction. You're wearing you're wearing shirts made by slaves in China, political slaves. You're you're wearing. You're, you're, I mean, 
just goes on and on and on. Yeah. The plastic and the and the and the the destruction of the earth and knocking down mountains and uh, your cell phone and all the things that have to go into. Yeah, but now just, I'm not even now I'm terrible, not even terrible, talking terrible. about about the things that uh, that are happening somewhere else. The destruction of nature or the the uh, abuse of uh, of other people. Of course, this is completely uh, completely bad as well. Um, but it, it's about y- it's about you or me, you know. A, a person should not uh, have access to food the way we have food. This is what I say. It's 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 wrong, uh, and uh, I think most people cannot understand this. But um, once once he, I mean, you know how fishing, how, how uh, beautiful uh, a successful day of fishing can be. I I know it too. Crossing the Pacific on. Um, on a sailing boat, um, and and you catch you catch a fish, you really appreciate this uh, uh, this food on your table, um, and this is a very spiritual very spiritual experience actually, and this is what we are lacking completely. That's the reason why is why we are so uh, disconnected from nature, and why we are so disconnected from ourselves, and why we are so disconnected from uh, from Mother Earth. And, well, I think you're, and, and, I think you're and totally humans, right because yeah. it begins with the food. It begins with the food. Just like I was saying about the gut and the, the gut bacteria and what the food you put into your stomach, is it has a similar correspondence to the ego and the demons which are allowed in and you invite. And these things take, take hold in you and they live in you. You know, the bacteria that live in your gut are not a part of you. They are foreign to your body. You have put them in there. And the demons are the same thing. And... Um, but getting back to the to gathering of food as being essential, what's interesting, though, is that these native peoples who were not Western, how easily they were overrun by Western culture, how easily their cultures faded and they accepted Western ways of life and all of it that went with it, the bad food, the demons, the destruction, the loss of their language, they stopped hunting, everything. Uh, they just... It, it wasn't just like the Indians had no immunity to alcohol or they were... Uh, they, the smallpox killed them easily. It was something much deeper. Spiritually, they could not defend themselves from the demons of the West. Uh, yes, they, they... yes, and no. I think uh, because it, in uh, George Catlin's book, there are definitely people that that uh, were resistant towards uh, the influences of the of the white European, and I'm pretty sure it's the same the same still happening in the Amazon, and that that was the case in uh, 100 years, 200 years ago in the Amazon too, and and, and in other parts too. But yeah, it's definitely these uh, these beautiful uh, peoples around the world were definitely uh, wiped out by uh, Europeans that uh, intoxicated them with um, yeah the well the, 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 yeah, the demons. I'm, I'm taking it too too far. I, I think that it, some of them became they wanted to trade for the for the for the metal goods and things, and that involved uh, you know overhunting. But they did lose their lands. Yeah, but even have, even this yeah, is this is what I was talking about. It's part of um, it. A, a pure, a pure intentions or the best way to uh, to get your food is the traditional way. You don't need to have pieces of metals which you did not know before, and this already corrupts your mind. This puts the demons inside you. If you see, ah, oh, this this person has this uh, thing in his hand with this metal uh, metal blade, and he can cut the the, uh, the meat much easier than I can do it. You know, this is already the first thing. Oh, okay, it's, it's, I, I can become lazy. Laziness uh, 
uh, it's easier. And then uh, you open the doors and the demons can enter you. Well, there's only one people that we've discussed it before. There's only one people that have resisted technology in this way, and that's the Amish. Did you did you know that the Amish at one time they um, they when they had, it was a new technology they test it to see the the spiritual significance of it on the community, so they have a uh, they have like um uh like a testing board or a testing group, and they'll say oh there's new technology let's see let's see if this is something we should uh, we should adopt, um, and they evaluate it based upon the the cohesiveness of the community and how it it maintains the. Um, the unity of the people, that's, that's kind of the, the, the connectedness of the people is the most important thing. So they looked at the automobile, I guess, when it came out in the 1920s and 30s, and they found that the automobile caused people to, uh, to drive off on their own and spend time away from each other, mm. and they no longer visited their parents and, their, and their, the elderly, and they said, this is, this is a terrible thing, the automobile. And so they, they said, they will not allow automobiles. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. So, so these are people that are asking spiritual questions of their technology, but no one else is asking this and no one else is asking what are technologies of the spirit? You know, we were talking about the Egyptians moving those 80 ton blocks. That was a technology of the spirit. You know, that was not a capitalist technology. It yeah. had nothing to do because, with capitalism. Because the, the, the goal was a spiritual one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And we, we, is there any technology that we have today that has a spiritual goal? Nothing. It's just demonry. It's just evil and monsters. E mon monsters of the ego. That's what they're, they're creating even bigger monsters with these technologies. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not aware of anything that, I mean, yeah, may, maybe a, 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 a music instrument could be under certain, uh, under certain circumstances be a, a a technology that that actually serves a spiritual goal. Yeah, well, like a new instrument, uh, uh, creating a new instrument. Oh, like, just like, yeah, wh whatever instrument. I mean, an instrument that maybe can create something that uh, uh, some people uh, consider uh, something like uh, objective objective art. You know that that actually yeah, trig that triggers a, a spirituality within a lot of people. Yeah, you always talk to me about objective art. I still don't really know what you mean by that. I, I know you're not thinking about like rap music, gangster rap. <laughs> no, that, no, pro pro probably there are the probably there are fre frequencies uh, within all all uh, types of music that could be considered um, uh, objective, uh, which triggers something in somebody. You know, it's like it's it's similar to the to the golden ratio. The golden ratio, a, a geometrical feature. Uh, makes most people think oh, okay this is this looks perfect this looks uh, exactly the way it should be um and maybe there is music where a lot of people also think oh, okay this has a very good sound uh so it's not subjectively liked it is objectively liked because did, it, did it, you it, know that it speaking about this i sorry yeah go ahead i'm sorry because it, ahead. it just aligns with our own frequencies with with our own waves you know, this is this is what I'm talking about when when you said our oh, sacred geometry. Um, yes, we are basically just the same as everything that you can see out there because uh, we are made of the same and we correspond to the same, uh, or we respond to the same. So uh, the, the 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 waves and the energies 
if they are tuned in uh, correctly, then we are connected. And this is, uh, this is when somebody could uh, be considered a very spiritual uh, being. Uh, because then, then you interact with everything. Then you interact with nature. You interact with the cosmos. You inter interact with other people, um, and you you probably interact with uh, human creations like objective music or objective art, like the Egyptians did, and with the the hieroglyphs and things like this. Then you then you get certain a certain understanding and certain emotions while uh, while looking at this or listening to this. Well, getting getting back to at least to the music, I, I um, did did you know that they're apparently they they found um, notations for Greek music and what uh, the, the ancient Greeks this was the time of uh, Socrates and all this what they found to be musically beautiful and perfect. The interesting thing is is that they were able to make this music from these notes or at least approximate it, and it sounds to Western ears of today awful. It doesn't sound good at all. That's what I heard. I've never actually heard it, but I, I remember um, there was a philosophy professor that I had at one time talking about how awful the Greek the Greek music was that they considered to be beautiful. So, getting to your objective idea, you would, you would almost think that the Greeks of that time must have discovered the great beauty of music. Yeah, definitely timeless. And, yeah, I'm, but, I'm pretty but sure. Not at all. It, Pla it sounds awful to us. Pla Plato and Pythagoras, I think they exactly knew. Uh... Uh, uh, everything about all of these things and, and probably many others too but P Pythagoras I think is the prime example that actually had this uh, this knowledge and this wisdom but well, may, may, look may... for this Greek music I think it's possible to find it somewhere I, I actually never heard it but I remember a guy talking about it it, it probably is something I should try and listen to but, but it's supposed to sound terrible yeah but didn't you tell me recently that you had that you have this jazz record that sounds completely weird and yet when you have a, a beer and you listen to it, you you get this very strange and weird sensations, um, which are not occurring when you listen to to something that that sound object uh, sub subjectively better to your ears. I think you yes. yeah so, yes I think I think you're I think well I think you're right about that yeah. that perhaps there's certain um, it's a mistake to take music out of certain context. And sometimes you need a beer to be able to appreciate it at its yeah, level. But maybe it's you not the beer. Maybe, maybe this guy was aware of uh, certain uh, ways uh, to uh, put the notes in the right order so it can. It, it is perfect. Uh, it, it is just objectively perfect. Because, but also, but also, it's, but the context is important. A lot of times, this music was used for festivals and for um, uh, you know different ritualistic action you know yeah I, I, yeah definitely and i think i think so the, just the, 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 the whole lighting, idea of uh, this is this is the reason the whole why idea of sitting in a room the whole idea of i mean the greeks didn't walk around on sitting on trains with an ipod yeah exactly by themselves yeah. uh they were music was a part of something there was a lot of things going on it's, it wasn't it's still happening uh the, the the shamans in the amazon uh the 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 music they create is just part of a bigger a bigger ritual and I'm pretty sure the Egyptians uh, did this as well. The music was just one part of the uh, the architecture, the lighting that fell into the into the buildings, uh, uh, in uh, in combination yeah, with, with the proportions and the dimensions. That the, the the things are not. We we live in a, a disconnected world, a despirited world, right? Yeah, and so. When we say despirited, I think what we're saying is that things are no longer connected. No, People not at no all. No longer feel connection. Nothing. That's what despiriting is, right? Yeah. Disconnection. Yeah. 
And the disconnection is, a, is philosophical at its base because it's not really true, right? If you go and you, you can take even like the, the most evil person filled with demons, you can send them to look at the Grand Canyon or give them a psychedelic experience and you can break through to them. They can have this experience to go, oh my God, it's beautiful. It's so big. It's, I feel a part of something so amazing. They'll have it and maybe it'll pass and the demons will come back. But you can still break through. You, and so it shows me these experiences. These experiences are proof of a connected spiritual world. Like philosophy and science, they say, oh, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. But philosophy and science are all about disconnection and despiriting. They do not support the spiriting of the world. They do not support um, the, well, I shouldn't say all philosophy, because you got guys like Juanza, who I really hope you get that German translation, uh, be, because Juanza philosophically gets to these places. Uh, Wittgenstein does uh, occasionally too. It's hard, but Wittgenstein is trying to do the same thing as well. But, but so Wittgenstein was a spiritual person. Oh my God, he was okay. extremely spiritual. I mean, that, maybe, the problem is he doesn't want to write about it. Why he struggled so much? Yes, yeah. exa exactly. He he was he was he, he found very difficult to be around people, yeah. especially philosophers. Yeah. I, I I understand him. It's very difficult for me to be around people. <laughs> 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 yeah, but uh, I mean, you're so lucky. You can read Wittgenstein. Uh, that that book, Culture and Value, is the one you have to read. Did, I, you can read that in the original German. Oh, it's wow! How wonderful to to speak German as a first language. <laughs> Really, really fortunate. There's, there's so much great, great stuff in German. But in any case, um, this, the movement of science, philosophy, and indeed of reason is, is dispiriting, right? You, you establish the objective person as the I who is the observer and the subject, and you, you, you break apart the world to be able to talk about it. And it's implicit in our language. And in the way we think, and in our rationality, and in our capitalism, and in our in our states, and the, the way they they decide, oh, this person is a man, he's this age, he lives here, he's got these numbers, his bank accounts. It's, this is this is the place of demons. This is the mm. this is the, these are the the aspects of possession where people begin to believe that these are the important things. It's it's demonry and wizardry of the highest order, and people have accepted this as the extent of their lives. That's the thing that they've been successful at. They don't. They no longer feel at all the connectedness. It's, it's not. It's not only about like uh, the, the people accepted this. Uh, people don't question this anymore. This is just right. how it's supposed to be. It took me on. Yeah, it took me almost 40 years to understand. You know, I mean, there, I'm sure there was a reason why I started traveling at the age of 25. Uh, because I, I just thought there's something wrong with with this, but I did not know what what was wrong uh, until uh, just recently I found out. Ah, okay, the the problem is actually that uh, we are lacking, uh, we are poor in spirituality, and this is this is our big big problem. And this will lead uh, uh, this this also leads to uh, environmental destruction um, and maybe maybe even further destruction. Hopefully not, but who knows what would happen. Um, right, but it begins. It begins with the separation of things. It's when you say, the the mountain is uh, all this part of the mountain is useless except for the ore that's buried deep within it, and we're going to detonate the mountain to get the valuable ore out, mm -hmm. so we can live in bigger houses. And and the government will say, yes, we'll hire the corporation to come in, and this will give jobs to people, and that will we can tax them, and then they can have, they can build houses, and we can have places to live. And they they see all this growth and good things. But they don't see that there's the, the wastefulness that the mountain is gone, 
the, the landscape is transformed. And all for and a short, the people short term. And well, right, and it's all for such a short term um, advantage. And um, that's that's the other aspect to all of this disconnection, which is the disconnection which comes from just viewing everything as trying to gain advantage within your own lifetime. To have a to have in a sense that you're a part of something that existed long before and will exist long after this timeless aspect. Um, a different conception of time, essentially, is necessary to the bigger, bigger, and deeper connectedness. And this is like the harder, harder, hardest thing to grasp, I think, which is to, to realize suddenly that you're just a, you come into this life and then you'll go out of this life, but there was something before and something after. And um, even to talk about it that way implies like a linear narrative where it's all kind of happening now, I think. The past and the future, it's all kind of happening now. And like things you do change the past and things you do change the future. And so these things are just always the presence. And, um, you know, it's like when I, when I, when we do these podcasts and we talk about somebody, like we talk about Wittgenstein or something, somebody listening says, oh, wow, that's an interesting point. And Wittgenstein is then transformed for them. You've, we've changed Wittgenstein, even though Wittgenstein is not around to make any changes, but he's, he's a different person now, um, because of the way we spoke of him actually and this is the, I, this, I thought this, about this too connections which exist because I, I remember when you when you um, uh, uh, quoted Wittgenstein a few times or when you wrote your own aphorisms and I, I asked you yeah, you're doing the same bullshit as Wittgenstein already um, but now that I know that that, <laughs> that he probably underst understood the, the problem of uh, the despirited world uh, the, and Maybe this was the reason why he suffered himself. This makes him uh, probably a very interesting read for me because I, I could understand his words now. Yes, yes. Part of being, under, being able to understand Wittgenstein is that you have to be honest as a person. And the honesty is the connectedness. When you're aware of the connectedness of all things and forms of life and you... You see these demons and you see these good forces and you, you feel and sense all this and it, and, and, it, and it hurts you sometimes and it makes you feel joyful sometimes and you're able to laugh about it and you're able to accept it. Um, when you feel life at this deep, deep level, this deeply connected level, then you're able to understand Wittgenstein because that's what Wittgenstein is trying to talk about. He's trying to say that that, that is reality. That is what things really are and language gets in the way of understanding this deep spiritual, this deep spirituality which is a connectedness. So he's trying to show you with language all of the places that language fails because it, it's not, it, it's talking about something artificial. It's, it's artificial, deeply artificial and it's causing people to have real problems because of the, the disconnection it forces on you. That is essentially Wittgenstein. And I think Juanza is talking about the same thing, though he's doing it with humor and these funny stories. And um, there are philosophers who have done it, but they've pushed the philosophy to its, to its limits and tried to jump over into something else. Scientists, though, are perhaps, it's harder to do, uh, but the religious people can do it. But, uh, um, yeah, it's hard to do. It's just very, very hard to do. Uh, And it's taken me a long time to realize that every moment of every day you have to be doing it. And that's not a daunting task. That's not something you should be think, oh my God, this is really heavy. No, it opens up the day. It opens up life. And you begin to see everything as like pull-ups and push-ups of the spirit. You know? These are the calisthenics of the spirit. You know? 
eating the right foods and cleaning up your back gut bacteria. You know, there's spiritual forms of like kale and these hearty greens that you can take into your ego and cleanse yourself. Go in an ego cleanse. So, so you're still on this uh, uh, special diet? Oh yeah, I'm never changing. I'm just trying to tighten my. I'm trying to get even more extreme. I think I've cleansed my 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 gut so so well. I, I also was working on my um, my mouth. You know, the mouth, like the the gut, has its own bacteria yeah. that live in it, and um, you can improve your oral health uh, considerably. You know, they they found linkages between plaque and heart disease. I mean, all these things, these things within the body are all connected too. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that Western medicine. Western medicine, you don't have a doctor, right? The, the, the dentist holistic. will say, oh, the dentist will say, you've got plaque. You need to, we need to do cleanings all the time, da, 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 da. They don't say, oh, what, what, what foods are you eating? Um, because there's plaque causing foods like uh, the grains, uh, the pastas, heavy in uh, gluten and um, these, these um, you know, you, there's these linkages which we don't have doctors to, that address these things. And um, most of it though starts with the gut. And that starts with the food you put into your body, which gets back to hunter-gatherers and all the things we were talking about. You mess with people and how they eat their foods and what they eat, and you, you open them up to all sorts of illnesses, whether they're physical or spiritual. Yeah, but, but still, I think it is better spiritually to bake your own unhealthy bread uh, than to eat uh, organic meat which you bought in the supermarket. If you know where I'm coming yeah. from, I, 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 yeah, I think so. I, w I would agree. If you make your own effort with your food, yeah, exactly. You, you, you've uh, improved yourself. You've made a connection to the food that yeah. you would not otherwise make. Yeah, yeah. No, but it, it's true. Modern medicine, Western medicine, is a very symptomatic one. Oh, it treats only symptoms, and it's it's not holistic at all. The shamans and the Amazon, uh, they they uh, combine. Uh, the the weirdest symptoms were where you needed uh, a couple of doctors uh, in in the West and nobody could have helped you and this and these shamans they just see the connection between the the problems of of the body or the even the mind. Um, yeah. yeah. One of the things we didn't talk about in that uh, the part two of this podcast because we did part two first I think. Um, was in Narby's book, he talked about tobacco being even more powerful than ayahuasca. You remember that? Yeah. That tobacco was the mother of ayahuasca. Apparently, the Amazonian tobacco is very different than, the, than a Marlboro. Yeah, it does not have any additives and, and things like this. It's also much more powerful. But these guys apparently would smoke massive amounts of tobacco. And it's, a hallucinogen it's hallucinogenic at a certain point, mm -hmm. apparently. Yeah, high dose. And they use tobacco. Yeah, uh, very. I, I just think, I, I we I just wish Dar Narby would write something else. It sounded like he had a lot of questions, which he didn't even answer at the at the end of that book. Like, did he ever? Did he ever, uh, or has anyone ever really tried to pursue these, the use of ayahuasca and tobacco uh, with massive quantities at massive levels, like the shaman we're using, to discover? Yeah, not if not, not people that are writing about it. Communication Did, with plants. Yeah, not people that are writing about it. I think there was only one person that wrote a book, an actual shaman that wrote a book about shamanism. Um, yeah, but just recently I, I heard that uh, the tobacco is 
extremely strong and uh, it, it and and it can become very dangerous because um, um, it is it is that powerful of a hallucinogenic or, or plant medicine. Where was it? I have to. Yeah, I don't remember where. Where I think it was a podcast I listened to. Huh. But it, it is it is very it, yeah. it was very surprising actually that uh, yeah uh, the uh, ayahuasca uh, the the uh, cu- what are they called curaderos. Curaderos. Yeah. Yeah. In some parts they are called the uh, uh, tobaqueros. Curanderos. Or oh, curanderos, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, but also uh, I think also that what's what's in Spanish tobacco? Tobacco? Tobaqueros. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. Uh, because because I think there yeah, I think this is what the person said. There is actually uh, tribes in the Amazon that don't use ayahuasca, that only use... Uh, I mean, there's, you know, I think only 25% of the uh, tribes in the Amazon use ayahuasca in different forms. Uh, so 70, 70%, 75% don't use ayahuasca, and but they use different um, plant medicines. Uh, and some of them only, only use, uh, or mostly use um, uh, the tobacco. Yeah. Yeah, it's all... It's all very interesting. I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm extremely interested in this stuff, but I also feel as though it's. Um, it I is. I feel like I, I need to find my own uh, spiritual path. I'm not. I don't know if ayahuasca is going to be the path for me. It, it, I, it, these are experiences that I'm looking forward to, but I'm not sure that. Um, yeah. To be honest, I, th- I think. I, to be honest, I think. Uh, what you are doing is uh, with your spiritual battles uh, in the in the uh, trailer. Or uh, uh, doing pull-ups and push-ups, I think your body is already releasing, uh, or it, it is chemically so active that it is already releasing this uh, uh, DMT kind or serotonin similar DMT or whatever, and this this uh, just makes you a spiritual person because it activates your uh, your D- DNA to be uh, more talkative with the outside world. You know, it'd be, it'd be curious. I mean, I, I know we're talking about the, there's that there's that level of DMT and being able to monitor these things. Like, what if you could really monitor yourself? Like, you, let's say this is all correct. Like, I, like you're able because we we do know that certain people through meditation are able to or breathing to cause these or breathing mm-hmm. exactly like Wim Hof mm-hmm. and all of that are able to to cause these experiences. It would be very interesting if these if these things could be monitored at least on a daily basis. Like somebody could could actually do go to a you know go to a pull-up bar in a park and could produce dmt levels which were similar to something um you could only get through taking it i don't know i mean this is something that i don't understand at all anyway that you are capable of uh doing or considering something spiritual uh that is completely unspiritual like working uh uh uh, with crates and pellets where m- most likely there's china made stuff inside and you you're moving this stuff around it's of course it's physical work in many cases and you do it as perfect as possible i get this so you're you're uh battling with your ego which is already uh, a spiritual thing but it's it's just such an unspiritual environment and such an unspiritual activity the same the same with the pull up bar i would understand if you do it in um, 
uh, in the jungle, uh, but it would be much, much more spiritual if you have to climb a wall of rocks. So you, you're, you're yeah. hunting down a deer or whatever, you know, this, this would, right. this would made it so much you're more spiritual. Very, uh, um, yes. And, and it probably would be, it probably would be, but I, I, I think part of the challenge and uh, the spiritual challenge is to, is to, cause these, this is within myself. I'm not really concerned yeah. so much with the activity. I, I'm concerned with the, 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 the cleansing of my own ego, yeah. the obliteration of these demons that would, that would work against me. And these demons are stronger in these places than they are in the natural so world. So you, you see it as an additional challenge, actually. Yes, yeah. I think this is an opportunity. It's like, it's like doing pull-ups with a, with a weight attached to your back. I have an extra 25 pounds attached to me because it's a 25-pound demon. It's a demon weight that hangs on me. Um, so it's, I have a... I have a bigger spiritual challenge in these battles than I would if I was, you know, um, hunting and gathering and, you know, the, those people are not really being challenged spiritually. It's, it's much harder what we're living through in the West than anything these natives ever had to go through. We, we're in the desert, taunted and, and, and attacked and, and possessed all the time by the nastinesses, the monsters. Um, we're, we're, we're in hell right now and it's, it's not getting better, but it's an opportunity to, to discover heaven. And if you can do it here, man, um, you know, if the Egyptians, if the Egyptians were right and this life is preparation to battle monsters in the Milky Way, we are going to be so well prepared through, through the pull-ups and the moving pallets and driving trucks and moving Chinese things. And, uh, um, doing all this is going to be such preparation. The monsters are going to be, you know, they're going to be nothing. They're going to be easily vanquished when the, when we get to the Milky Way. Our soul goes there, and the great migration, the battles ahead, or whatever. You should, you should. If that's the case. You should consider pulling off your skin on your hands, uh, so it's it's gets it gets even a bigger a bigger challenge. That that sounds already very similar to what some Indian tribes near the uh, Missouri mouth uh, uh, did. Uh, when they were initiated to, to manlyhood or whatever, you know, they went through a lot of torture and that? pain uh, to uh, grow spiritually and become a man and things like that. I mean, they still do it in, in African tribes very much, where they have to, oh, in Papua New Guinea and many other parts of the world, where actually these, these young men have to go through a lot of pain and torture. Uh, so they are, yeah. Uh, succeeding. Well, now, now you know what they do? They don't have to do it anymore. They, they, they tell the young man, they say, Okay, we used to peel the skin off your hands. Now we're going to send you into the city to, to work in a warehouse and move Chinese goods. That is, that, that's your initiation into manhood. That's terrible. The young man say, no, no, take the skin off my hands, please. No, no, no. You're going to go work in a warehouse. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, is, yeah. it is incredible because for me, I struggle very much to be surrounded by an unspiritual environment, to be honest. So I found out for me, a physical activity is is the key is is the solution because working in an office job being surrounded by demonic uh, people that are uh, uh, possessed by these demons that are so art artificial you know the, the beauty and the superficiality so it, it's much much nicer actually to be surrounded by these dumb people that have this that have yes. these human demons inside them these uh, I, I i hate people and everything is so shitty and uh uh, I, you know, that the, the people they complain all the time that that 
don't have any any ambitions to be more beautiful or to be more successful, but they complain just all the time. Um, so there is different sorts of demons. But uh, I don't want to be in either of these um, uh, environments. So, but to me, I think I have to do something uh, with physical activity, but where I can do actually something uh, spiritual, which is working with yeah. with the soil or with wood uh, or you know, creating, building something that, that serves a, a certain purpose. Um, and I, well, I, I, I realized this. In an environment, you're, you're totally right. If you ask me, Peter, would you rather be uh, working and doing what you're doing or, you know, moving, um, making beautiful things and be beautiful architecture that works with the land and is good for the earth and um, doing the same sorts of physical activities, perhaps, on a forklift and with a truck, but doing productive, beautiful things. Uh, yeah, I'd much rather be doing that. Of course, I wouldn't be battling the same evil spirits. What if I was doing that? I wouldn't be growing in spiritual strength, perhaps like I am by battling evil. But I certainly would not want to be in an office. If I was, you know, imagine those office workers. They have to lie to themselves and to each other all throughout the day. They tell lies. They're trying to get ahead. They think that they're this um, this person who does these things, these tasks. So they're wearing a mask. They're, they're, they're saying that I am this so-and-so, and this is my, um, this is my status and my position. Um, the title, these, yeah. <laughs> these titles, yeah. I mean, these people, they have to allow demons in yeah. to be able to do their job. They they're, they're possessed by these yeah, by, by Yeah, definitely. Uh, they are I could way, never do that. way we more were... possessed than the people in the warehouse. Be oh, yeah. Yes. The people in the warehouse are, these are old, these are old, um, old demons which yeah. have always existed. The demons of, uh, you know, the seven deadly sins, like those kind of demons. Mm. These, these demons are much more easily, easily vanquished and dealt with. But yeah. the demons of the office, yeah, the, the whole structure of capitalism at that level the is superficiality. Yeah. yeah, I totally oh. agree. Yeah. Ah, I, I mean, that's acceptable. That's what people aspire to now. They want to be in that. They, they look at the office work, the warehouse worker and say, God, thank God I don't have to move a, or drive a forklift and do that and make, make minimum wage. I mean, in some ways they're right. Those, the, those demons are nasty too. But, um, but you do have the possibility of, of winning spiritual battles when you're in the warehouse. You can't win spiritual battles when you're in the office. You you're going to lose. So you think you that's to that's too big of a challenge, even for you? I couldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah. Or yeah. Like, you see, yeah, like everybody a, has a, a a different limit. I can I cannot even do it in in a warehouse with China made stuff. Um, it's already difficult. Yeah. Or it's all, almost impossible to me. Um, I would say so. I I really need to find something where I can do something that is actually spiritual. Plants, uh, vegetables. I don't know. Things like this. Yes, but these 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 are these are activities that release all of the good spirits, and um, we just we live in a Western capitalist world, which is it doesn't support that, and uh, you you know it wants to destroy that. It, it says you should you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. you, know? you should aspire to you know an iPhone. I don't know. So uh, you want to wrap this up? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think this was this was good though. I'm gonna I'm gonna count down from five and uh, mm -hmm. say stop. So five, four, three, two, one, stop.